0: Hi, I'm Robert Jeffress, and I'm glad to serve as your Bible teacher every day on this great radio station on today's edition of Pathway to Victory. And today we have come to that first and foundational secret for living a truly extraordinary life, and that is discovering your unique purpose in life. You know, the fact is, your specific purpose in life can be described as the story God created you to tell the
1: world. Welcome to Pathway to Victory with author and pastor, Dr. Robert Jeffress. The Bible represents a collection of amazing stories. But did you know that God is still writing stories? And He's writing those stories through you. Today on Pathway to Victory... Dr. Robert Jeffress reveals secret number one to choosing the extraordinary life. Discover your unique purpose. Now here's our Bible teacher to introduce today's message. Dr. Jeffress? Thanks, David, and welcome again to Pathway to Victory.
0: Let me start today's program with a personal question. Do you ever feel like your daily routine has become nothing more than an endless cycle of responsibilities? You wake up early, get ready for work, go to work, come home late, take care of family responsibilities, go to bed, and then wake up early the next morning only to repeat the cycle. Well, in our new series called Choosing the Extraordinary Life, I'm showing you that God wants to break that vicious cycle of mundane and meaningless existence. He has created you and given you gifts to serve Him in powerful ways. And filling this unique role will bring joy and satisfaction you never dreamed possible. Now, before we get started with today's message, let me invite you to request your copy of my best-selling book called Choosing the Extraordinary Life. The subtitle is God's Seven Secrets for Success and Significance. The book goes into far more detail on this topic than we'll have time to cover this month on the radio. A copy of my book is yours when you give a generous gift to support the growing ministry of Pathway to Victory. And I'll also include another helpful resource called the Elijah Map. This is a six-panel, full-color brochure that's easily tucked into your copy of my book or in the back of your Bible. We'll share our contact information and details later on. But right now, take your Bibles and turn to 1 Kings chapter 17 as we discover the very first step to choosing the extraordinary life. I've titled today's message, Secret Number One, Discover Your Unique Purpose. Yesterday, I came across a great definition of country music. Three chords and the truth. That summarized most country music songs, doesn't it? Three chords and the truth. It reminded me of Carl Sandburg, the poet's definition of life. He defines life not in three chords, but in three words. Born, troubled, died. One Chicago sewer worker expanded that definition a little bit. As he described his life, he said, I dig the ditch to earn the money, to buy the food, to get the strength, to dig the ditch. Unfortunately, that's the cycle most people are trapped in, in their daily lives. But God means more for us than simply that kind of meaningless existence. Jesus said in John 10, 10, I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly beyond just an everyday existence god wants us to have an extraordinary life not just when we die and go to heaven but beginning right now and extending through eternity and that's the basis for our new series choosing the extraordinary life we are looking at the old testament character elijah admittedly an ordinary person whom god used in an extraordinary way And in this series, we're looking at the seven secrets for spiritual significance and success that Elijah discovered and lived out. And today we have come to that first and foundational secret for living a truly extraordinary life. And that is discovering your unique purpose in life. You know, the fact is your specific purpose in life can be described as the story God created you to tell the world. That's what your unique purpose is. It is that special story God has uniquely created for you to tell the world. But your specific story is connected to a bigger story that God is telling throughout the universe. So let's talk about that bigger story that you and I are a part of. God's general purpose for everybody who lives. If you have your Bibles, turn to Genesis chapter 1, verse 27. God has a general purpose for everyone, but he has a specific purpose for your life that is a part of that larger purpose. Let's talk about God's general purpose for every person. Genesis 1:27. God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. God created you and me to be image bearers of Almighty God. And that is through our lives, we are reflecting to the world that true enjoyment and satisfaction in life can only come from knowing and serving God. That is the general purpose that we have all been created for, to turn people toward God, to be a living demonstration of the satisfaction and joy that comes from knowing and obeying God. Theologians have summarized that purpose like this. Man's chief end is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. That's the reason we were created, to glorify God and enjoy him forever. Now, let's unpack those two words. First of all, glorifying God. We were created to glorify God. That word glorify comes from a Hebrew word that literally means heavy or substantive. When we talk about glorifying God, what we're talking about is making God look heavy, substantial to an unbelieving world. We were created to point people toward God. Elijah understood that truth. He understood that his whole existence revolved around demonstrating to an unbelieving world that the God of Israel was the only true God. We have been created to glorify God. But secondly, we've been created to enjoy God. Enjoying God is also a part of the reason for our existence. And that in itself gives glory to God. Christians who go around moping, looking like they have lost their best friend, complaining about this or that, they're terrible advertisements for God when you think about it. You know, they ought to be followers of some other religion. Please, if you're going to go around like that, don't claim to be a Christian. You're a horrible witness for Christ. It is when we are satisfied in God. It is when we are happy in God, joyful. I don't mean giddy all the time, but I mean there is a joy in our life. That is when we glorify him. Psalm 1611 says, you will make known to me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. In your right hand, there are pleasures forever. And when you look at Elijah, he's a case study and somebody who glorified God and also enjoyed God. Remember... Elijah was not a spiritual superman. He was a spiritual everyman. James 5.17 says he was a man with a like nature as ours. He struggled with the same things you and I struggle with. Nevertheless, God used him in an extraordinary way. Let's look at Elijah's beginning. Turn to 1 Kings chapter 17 verse 1. Last time we looked at what was happening in the nation of Israel, it wasn't unlike what is happening in America today. The nation was sliding further and further away from God in moral debauchery and spiritual darkness. Yet against that dark backdrop of Israel's existence, Elijah burst on the scene with the light of God's truth. We don't know anything really about Elijah's past. He just appears in 1 Kings 17.1. Look at this. Now, Elijah, the Tishbite, who was of the settlers of Gilead, said to King Ahab, As the Lord, the God of Israel, lives before whom I stand, surely there will be neither dew nor rain these years except by my word. Now, in this single verse, I want you to notice three things about Elijah. First of all, his name. His name Elijah comes from three uh, components. El, Elohim, meaning God. Ja, Jah, J A H, an abbreviation for Jehovah. I, a personal pronoun. If you put it all together, literally his name means Jehovah is my God. Jehovah is my God. Now that's the name his parents gave him. Jehovah is my God. I want you to imagine for a moment what it would have been like to grow up having that be your name. Jehovah is my God. Can you imagine hearing your mom shout out, Jehovah is my God. Hurry up and wash up for supper before the meatloaf gets cold. I mean, he grew up his whole life hearing, Jehovah is my God. Jehovah is my God. No wonder when he burst on the scene in verse one, he says, as the Lord, the God of Israel lives before whom I stand. He grew up with a God awareness, a God consciousness. Jehovah is my God. May I stop here? Just give a word of pastoral advice to you parents, young parents who are building your family right now. And you want to rear godly children, it starts in the naming of your children. Select a name for your children that has spiritual significance. Don't just pull a name out of the hat from some TV character you enjoy or some character in some novel you thought was great or some name that happens to be in vogue Make sure the name has some spiritual significance to it. Maybe you're naming your child after a relative who walked with the Lord closely, and you'd like your child to emulate that. Maybe it's a name from the Bible of a man or woman, godly man or woman in the Bible. Maybe the name itself has a special meaning to it, a godly meaning to it. It always starts with the naming of that child. Isn't it interesting how the characters in the Bible had significant names that mirrored their future? Elijah did that. He had an important name. Secondly, notice his home. It said that he was the Tishbite. He came from the town of Tishbe. Do you know until very, very recently, we had no idea where Tishbe is. The archaeologists discovered it. And guess what? It is absolutely nothing. It is as nothing today as it was back then. It wasn't a thriving metropolis. It was a fork in the road. It would be like today, Mudlick, Kentucky, Oatmeal, Texas, or my favorite, Boogertown, North Carolina. (laughs) Did you know those are all real towns? But I bet you hadn't heard of them before. Well, that was Tishby in Elijah's day. It was the booger town of Israel. <laughs> but you know what was significant was not the geographical location of his home, it was the spiritual temperature in his home. Because what we know about Elijah's house is his parents taught him the Word of God. We don't know anything about his parents, but we know they taught him the Word of God. You say, how do you know that, Pastor? Well, Because of what he said to Ahab in this opening verse, he says, I say to you, it shall neither do there shall be neither dew nor rain these years except by my word. How did Elijah come up with that prophecy? He didn't just make it up on his own. Did you know he was quoting from the Old Testament book of Deuteronomy when he said that? See, we think, well, Elijah lived in the Old Testament. The Old Testament had not been yet written. Well, some of it had already been written. The Pentateuch, Moses' writings had been written, and in Deuteronomy 11 verse 17, God had said to the Israelites, what would happen to them if they begin to worship other gods? In Deuteronomy 11:17, God said, I would shut up the heavens so that there will be neither rain and the ground will not yield its fruit, and you will perish quickly from the good land which the Lord has given you. Elijah knew the word of God. It was the foundation of his life. Parents, the most important thing you can do is to instill in your children a knowledge of God's word. Parents, let me encourage you to make whatever sacrifice necessary to make sure your kids have a spiritual foundation. Look, your primary responsibility this isn't popular to say, but it's true. Your primary responsibility is not for their scholastic development or their athletic development or their social development. Your primary responsibility is their spiritual development because they are facing a world that hates God and is opposed to God. And it is so important. We teach our children to fear God. That's what Elijah's parents did. We've looked at his uh, name his home. Thirdly, his manner. His manner. Elijah was not a man to mince words. He was not like many pastors today. My seminary professor once described as so many pastors today being mild-mannered men preaching mild-mannered sermons, teaching people how to be more mild-mannered. That wasn't Elijah. There was nothing mild-mannered about him. He burst on the scene, and he confronts Ahab, the wicked Ahab and Jezebel, and says, As the Lord lives, it is going to rain no longer in this land till you get your act together. That's basically what he says. Now, that took guts to do that. To stand before Ahab and his wife, who made a sport of killing God's prophets, to make that kind of bold declaration I can only imagine what it was like for Elijah to stand in front of a hostile king, an unbelieving king, and deliver this condemning and politically incorrect word. You've had it, Ahab, until you shape up. It is not going to rain in this land forever. That took courage. But that was Elijah. He knew his purpose in life. That was Elijah. God had given him the general purpose that we all have of glorifying God. But his specific assignment was to deliver this hard message to a wicked and wayward nation. Now, before we discover how you can discover your story, your unique purpose in life, I want to talk for just a moment about the three benefits of discovering God's unique purpose for your life. Turn over, hold your place here, and turn to Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians 5, verses 15 to 17. And I want to read this from the Phillips paraphrase. This is Paul writing, notice what he says here. Live life with a due sense of responsibility, not as men who do not know the meaning and purpose of life, but as those who do. Make the best use of your time, despite all the difficulties of these days. Don't be vague, but firmly grasp what you know to be the will of God. Knowing your purpose, the specific story you were created to tell, clarifies three challenges we all face in life. First of all, knowing your purpose clarifies your priorities in life. When you understand the specific story God created you to tell, it helps you arrange your priorities in life. When Paul says, make the best use of your time, literally he's saying, buy up the time. That is, purchase the very best things you can with your time. He's not talking about choosing between good and evil. We all know we're supposed to run from evil, but he's saying when you know your purpose, it gives you the ability to choose between the good things in life and the best things in life. Secondly, knowing your priorities clarifies uncertainties in life. Paul said we ought to be wise when it comes to understanding God's will for our life. And when you face a difficult decision in your life, Knowing your unique purpose is like a beacon that gives you direction in the darkness and even in the fog. For example, maybe your company has offered you a promotion that will take you to a larger city with a larger salary. The only thing is it's going to mean more hours at work. Should you do that or not? Well, it depends. If you've got young children still at home and your primary purpose is to raise godly children who will carry on your legacy of faith, That may not be the best thing to do. You may say no to that. If it's later in life and your children are out of the house, maybe you can see how taking that position would increase your influence for God. But knowing what your purpose is can help clarify uncertainties and decisions that you make in your life. Thirdly, and this is so important, knowing your purpose clarifies difficulties in your life. When you understand your specific story you were created to tell, that gives you a prism through which to view even hard things that come into your life. I think about Staff Sergeant Travis Mills. He was on his third duty in Afghanistan when he accidentally came in contact with an IED, an improvised explosive device. When he came to after the explosion... On his 25th birthday, he discovered to his horror that he had lost both arms and both legs. In his book, Tough As They Come, Travis Mills tells that after that horrible accident, he tried to persuade his wife, Kelsey, to divorce him, to take their young daughter who had just been born, and to start a life of their own. This would be too difficult for them to go through. Kelsey said, no, that's not what I signed up for when I married you. Travis Mills was bitter toward God. He couldn't understand why God would allow such a tragedy in his life. At one point, he demanded that a scripture plaque that his sister-in-law had placed in the hospital room be removed. The scripture plaque had Joshua 1, 9 written on it. Have I not commanded you? be strong and courageous. Do not tremble or be dismayed for the Lord, your God is with you wherever you go. He didn't want to see that. He didn't want to hear that, but he writes in his book, as time went on, he came to understand God's purpose in that tragedy. Today, Travis Mills works through his foundation to assist wounded warriors throughout our country He travels the country speaking to veterans groups, large corporations, and civic organizations about never giving up or giving in and learning to trust in God. Travis Mills understands the unique purpose for which God has created him and how even the worst experience in his life was a way for him to tell that story to even a larger audience. God has also created you, not just for the general purpose of glorifying and enjoying God, for, but for a specific way to tell that story. The Bible is quite clear. God has created you for a specific purpose. In fact, He's written a story through you that He wants to tell the world. Let me give you a couple of practical ways to take your first steps today. First, I'd like to send you a copy of my best-selling book, it's called choosing the extraordinary life god's seven secrets for success and significance my book will help you identify your sweet spot by that i mean your personal passion and how you can deploy your gifts and interests for god's glory i'll make sure a hardbound copy of my book is sent to your home right away when you give a generous gift to support the ministry of pathway to victory if you already have a copy This would make a wonderful gift for a friend. And it's a natural conversation starter for your small group Bible study as well because it comes with a life application guide to get the discussion going. In addition to sending you my book and the life application guide, I'll also include an exclusive resource designed to help you clearly understand the key elements in Elijah's life that made him extraordinary. It's a six-panel brochure called The Elijah Map. Please know that when you give a generous gift to Pathway to Victory, you're accomplishing far more than simply adding these two resources to your collection. You're also making an eternal impact on those who hear this daily Bible teaching program. Your generous gift is the fuel that feeds this ministry, and we are truly grateful for your partnership. Don't forget, you can watch Pathway to Victory this weekend on television. You can see us Saturdays at 12 noon on TBN, the Trinity Broadcasting Network. And Sunday, we're on hundreds of stations, including TBN at 10 a.m. Eastern and Daystar at 6 p.m. Eastern. Now, here's David to repeat the details and to give you our
1: contact information. David. Thanks, Dr. Jeffress. When you give a generous gift to support the ministry of Pathway to Victory, you're invited to request a copy of the best-selling book, Choosing the Extraordinary Life, along with the brand-new Life Application Guide. As an added bonus, we'll also send a copy of The Elijah Map. To request your copy of these resources, call 866-999-2965 or go online to ptv.org. And when your gift is $75 or more, we'll also send you both the CD and DVD sets for the Choosing the Extraordinary Life teaching series. You can listen to the CDs on your own or watch the DVDs together with your Bible study group. To request the complete Choosing the Extraordinary Life teaching set, including the book, the application guide, CD, and DVDs, call 866-999-2965 or go to ptv.org. You can also send your request to us by mail. Just write to P.O. Box 223609, 609 Dallas, Texas, 75222. Again, that's P.O. Box 223609, 609 Dallas, Texas, 75222. I'm David J. Mullins. Wishing you a great weekend. Then join us Monday when Dr. Jeffers concludes this message on discovering your unique purpose. That's right here on Pathway to Victory. Pathway to Victory with Dr. Robert Jeffress comes from the pulpit of the First Baptist Church of Dallas, Texas. Join Dr. Robert Jeffress on an unforgettable trip to Israel where Bible prophecy comes to life. You've read about places like the Mount of Olives where Jesus is returning one day, and the Plain of Megiddo where the final world battle will take place. Isn't it time to see these remarkable sites for yourself? Join us on the Pathway to Victory Bible Prophecy Tour of Israel, April 25th through May 5th, 2023. To learn more and to reserve your spot, go to ptv.org.